following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. It's time for Main Street Preps this week with Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Now, here are your hosts, Russell and Tyler. February is just around the corner, and Tyler, that means the games are only going to get bigger from here on out. We're going to uh, have a, a really fun show today. We're going to complete our Innsworth tour, uh, our two-week Innsworth tour, and uh, go over all kinds of rankings and games and stuff to watch. Um, Tyler, you ready to do this? Yeah, I'm ready. You mentioned the tour. We we really have hit that region pretty hard in Division Two lately, so uh, it's it, it'll be interesting to hear some feedback. It's time for Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined, as always, by my counterpart, Tyler Palmatier. And as we talked about, we are going to speak with Innsworth girls basketball coach, Mary Taylor Cows, give our takeaways from the latest Fab 15 Mid-State basketball rankings, and preview this week's top games. To kick it off, we are going to bring in Coach Mary right now, uh, joining us on video, our first video guest. Mary, thanks for taking the time to do this. You doing all right today? Absolutely. Doing great. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Th thanks again for being here. And um, yeah, you're, you've got a lot of reasons to be doing well right now. Your team is playing really well, Mary. Um, they've won five straight games to start the new year. What's kind of been working well for your team lately? Well, first of all, our team's pretty experienced with some of the players that we have um, for the five seniors that we have have played together now for four years in high school. And they are, they also are a group that play in the summer. And so they know basketball, they play a lot of basketball. And then we have a sophomore point guard that has been in the gym, I think her whole life as well, that just really compliments them. So um, I think just the experience of playing together and as much as this group plays has served us very, very well. Mary, after your, your playing career at Western Kentucky, and I should mention you're a former Miss Basketball in Kentucky, uh, correct? Am. So you, you did you, your homework. I, I did. I did some. Um, <laughs> and then you taught for two years in public school before obviously you went on to have a 10-year run as the, as the Western Kentucky head coach. So you know the high school basketball landscape. What has been special about the culture or the administration or anything that you've experienced at Ensworth since you've been there? Well, the one thing that was noticeable even as far back as when I came to interview is just the idea of achieving excellence at a school like Ensworth. And it's in every facet of what they do here. Um, obviously, I coach on a basketball floor, but being in the classroom last year, teaching a class, uh, being a freshman advisor, to going to lunch in our dining hall, to um, our assemblies, our dress code. I mean, everything is about being the best that we can be here and establishing a level of excellence. Well, who doesn't want to be a part of something like that, especially when you're trying to prepare a team to go out on a basketball court to compete 
um, because that goes hand in hand with what we as coaches want our student athletes to achieve is, is a level of excellence, be the best that you can be. So I think Innsworth just really models that in everything we do, whether it's athletics, whether it's academics, whether it's in the arts, um, they, they really are about bringing out and helping students bring out the very best that they've got. And between all those things that you just mentioned that Innsworth does as a, as a school and, and all the talent that you happen to have in the lineup this year at Innsworth, um, I mean, I mean, do you enjoy coaching? Are you, are you enjoying being on the other side of this, coaching all this future college talent versus uh, before you were in the college ranks? I guess, how do the, how do the two compare? Oh, I, I love being, first of all, coaching is coaching. Um, and I think once it's in your blood, for me personally, and you may talk to the current college coach that may tell you that's not true, or, but coaching is coaching. But what, what you're doing is you're getting an opportunity. God bless me with an opportunity to work with young people every single day. And it's just that where I am now, I work with a level of young people that make me better, I feel like, and challenge me because they're as good as they are. I sure don't want to come to practice or come to a game unprepared and not ready for what it is we're about to face. And so I feel like my players, our players, make me better at what I do. And I think that's, I think that's the name of the game to longevity and being able to continue doing this um, in the world of coaching is being able to continue to improve and to learn. And I hope that I haven't stopped learning yet because um, I think, you know, I watch basketball probably, I would say three, four nights out of the week, I've got a game on at the house and just, just very lucky that I have a husband that doesn't mind to sit there and watch it with me. But you, there's always something to learn in this profession and being around young people, young people that care, young people that are invested, just makes it better and better. Did you watch any games last night, Mary? I did not watch games last night. I, yesterday was a very non-typical day. We, we, have, we live here in Nashville, but our home, we also have a home still outside of Bowling Green. And so we actually were in Nashville and we were back home last night. So we were on the road quite a bit yesterday. Okay. Okay. I don't know if there's any good. I did anything. keep up with the South Carolina Vanderbilt women's game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk about your team. You, you have so many weapons. You guys are capable of doing a lot of different things. Well, what do you feel like is, is this group's particular strength when it's on the floor? To be honest, and we, I was just talking to actually Coach Pearson about this the other day, our, <clears throat> I've got players on this team that really know basketball. They understand the game. So God has gifted them with a lot of ability and a lot of talent, but they've also invested a lot of time in the gym since they were little, and they truly understand the game of basketball. So take Kennedy Cambridge. She's a guard but she really knows the game of basketball inside and out. She knows it from the point. She knows it as a post. She just gets it. She gets it at the offensive end. Um, we really have been very lucky that we get it at the defensive end most of the time. I don't know that we play a perfect defensive game, but 
they're really invested in both ends of the floor and they understand the importance of both ends of the floor. So I think that's what makes this year's team a lot different is that they understand the game of basketball. Well, that segues us perfectly into my next question here, Mary. Let's talk about those Cambridge sisters, Kennedy and Jelani. Uh, Tyler just wrote about them last week about how they are kind of an ideal fit for the offense that you guys run. Um, that they get out in transition and, and they, and they just go pretty much. Um, why is that so difficult for other teams to defend and to try to keep up with all game? Well, I think one of the things they do is going back to what I mentioned earlier, they defend and a lot of what they're able to do in transition and get out and go is because of a result of what they did at the defensive end, whether it's in our press and it's a steal at half court and the other one's gone for a throw ahead and a layup Um, whether it's a a back tip or a steal when someone tries to cross it over and then the other one's gone and they throw ahead. So a lot of what they're able to do offensively is a result of how hard they work defensively. But transition is, is really what they love. They love to get up and down the floor. And once again, they've been in a gym a long time since they were young, young girls. And so they get it. They understand the game of basketball and they, they both truly do have a love for playing the game. You have the luxury of a strong inside presence with, with Camille Collier, a Lipscomb university signee. What does she bring to the floor? And is that, do you see her as kind of a vital piece in that? Like if you get into a game late in the season, that just turns into a half court grind that you have somebody down there who can defend and can maybe get you an easy bucket down low. Most definitely. I think that's, That's just an added piece. Whenever you can have that balance between what you have on the perimeter versus having something to go to on the inside, I think that balance creates a lot of difficulty for the other team when you can kind of pick between the two. Camille's been tremendous for us. Uh, Saturday night we played over at Lebanon, and she was a real force for us in that game at both ends of the floor. You mentioned Lebanon. I know that's a strong team. And looking at your schedule from earlier this year too, Mary, it was it was front loaded with some really competitive tournaments, including uh, Georgia and Florida. You guys went down there, um, <laughs> and that's where all four losses came from. Was from those tournaments. Uh, you've since won every other game. Twelve and four is the record we've got down for Innsworth. Do you believe your team benefited from those tough games early in the season? Most definitely. The Georgia. I wish we could redo. We we went down there without Jelani. We did not have her with us on that trip, and that was a very difficult two games without her. Um, Taking that piece out of the puzzle um, against that kind of competition just made it really, really difficult. I was very proud of our girls. Hoover's a great team, and that's who beat us in the first game and beat us pretty bad. In the second game, we played a team out of North Carolina that our, our girls got down and then really fought back and we cut it to one and had the ball and had a chance ended up losing that game by five, but they really battled. So I think that right there in itself, those two losses that weekend Thanksgiving weekend was beneficial. And hopefully that will continue to uh, prove to us down the road, how important that type of competition was from what we were able to learn from it. Then we go to Florida after Christmas We know that tournament well, and that tournament's very, very competitive. And again, we were in a game where um, instead of going one and two, I felt like we should have gone two and one. But the ball just bounces a different way, and a call's made or not made, and 
you end up losing. But I think the benefit from that type of competition and that experience will be very beneficial to us as our season continues forward. Well, Mary, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, got one last thing. We were curious, you know, your, your, your state tournament run last year ended a little bit earlier than you probably would have wanted. Do you get the sense that this group is kind of especially motivated for that reason, or are they kind of even keel and they're just playing basketball? Oh, I think, I mean, sure. I think if you were to ask them, do you all want to win a state championship? Sure. I would, I would think they would say yes. But I think they realized, I mean, last year's team, Hutchison, we had our chances and they came out on top. So I, we're not going to look backward and backwards and try to redo what's already been done. But hopefully we can stay the course and do what we've got to do and take it game by game, stay committed to what we're trying to accomplish each game out. Um, this week's a little tough. we got four games on the schedule this week and then three games next week. So as we go down the stretch here, there's no rest for the weary, as they say, even though we're getting into that really critical time in the season. Um, it, it's, it's a lot of basketball still ahead of us. But hopefully our girls will just continue to stay focused and take it one game at a time. Well, Mary, you guys are certainly on a good track, and best of luck the rest of the way here. And thank, thank you again for being our first guest to appear on video. <laughs> thank you all. I appreciate the invite, and go Tigers. Thanks, Mary. That, that's, that's been Innsworth girls basketball coach Mary Taylor Cowles, her team 12-4 and four with the stretch run coming up in that difficult Division II AA middle region. Tyler, you saw them play last week uh, and wrote a really good story about those Cambridge sisters that everybody can find on MainStreetPreps.com. But, um, you know, what did you make of seeing them in person for the first time? Yeah, it, um, we're going to move into our rankings here. We've got Innsworth number two. Uh, certainly could make a – it's an interesting conversation if, if they're number one or not over Blackman, which is writing a – believe that win streaks at 36 games for Blackman now, but I don't know. Ensworth's really good. Um, guards will just eat you up. You know, the Kennedy and Jelani Cambridge will, uh, will just terrorize a, a, a really good backcourt. So you sort of have to be able to bring the ball up first against them, but um, no, that's a really good team. I mean, they're going to be right in the mix for a state championship. Uh, let's, let's kind of talk about the girls basketball a little bit. I, I ranked the girls this week. We're going to, um, I'm going to run you through the top five really quick. Blackman at number one, Ensworth two, th uh, web school, three cookville, four page at five. Uh, all these rankings are available at mainstreetpreps.com boys and girls. Um, let's talk about the big movers though. Cookville, uh, not a huge move, but moved, but moved up to number four at 21 and Oh, this it's an unbeaten season that really, uh, we haven't talked a ton about uh, we've, we've talked about Cookville a little, but um, it's been against a strong schedule and it was probably just time to bump them over, over page at number five. And that's really nothing against page. I think you just have to recognize when a team's taken an unbeaten year, this deep in the season, it's just, it's something that you've got to recognize. And they, and, and Cookville's played some good teams. Uh, another mover Ross view 16 and two up three spots to number 11. I did that. Cause I, I thought playing, you know, two games last week and then turn around and beating a good York Institute team in the Sonic Showcase. That's a pretty good demonstration of what good postseason teams do. And you're, you're going to start noticing it's already happened. A few teams are scheduling. Uh, the schedule's getting – it's not just your Tuesday, Friday. You're, you're starting to see schools mixing in uh, those those three games in a week and 
uh, that's I believe by design just to to get teams ready for that February grind that's coming up. Westmoreland jumped into the poll at number 13. Westmoreland 17 and 3. Uh and and not every schedule is the same as we all know. Like you know, I mean, Westmoreland has wins over Beach, Summit, Northwest, Brentwood, uh and also won 3 games in 5 days last week and that included a handing Lakeway Christian just its third loss. So that that really helped in my mind move them up. Uh, Rockvale at 16 and 4 grabbed that last spot at number 15. They moved in I thought the 18-point win over Oakland was was really nice. And, and there's obviously some good teams that are trying to get in. Stewart's Creek, East Nashville, Summertown at 19-2. and two. Those are three teams. You know, there can only be 15 teams. Those are those are three really good ones that could easily be in. It's just, uh, just kind of not enough room, Russell. Yeah, we almost need a top 25 for the girls. There's so many teams kind of hanging around that, you know, 10 to 20 range. That's um, right. So definitely made your job a little bit hard this week, but I uh, think you did a good job and – I got to see Rockville uh, last week against Cane Ridge. Man, they uh, they were impressive. And then to follow that up with the Oakland win, I thought was big for them. So, you know, they've still got some tests later on. They, I think they have to play Blackman again. You know, that Murfreesboro schedule is always difficult. But I've, I've definitely got my eye on Rockville. It's maybe a team that could make a run in only its third year as a school. But while Tyler was working on those girls' basketball rankings, I handled the boys' rankings. So let's take a look at those now. The big news is that, well, there wasn't a whole lot of news. If you saw last week's rankings, these are pretty similar. Um, spoiler alert. And you can you can read our full articles, by the way, on MainStreetPreps.com. Uh, they're right there on the homepage, or you can just search up Fab 15. They should come right up for you. But um, the top five are Beach, number one, Brentwood Academy, number two, Cane Ridge, number three, Innsworth, number four, and Columbia, number five. And you're seeing the rest of those scroll across your screen right now. Uh, like I said, there weren't many big movers and there were no new entrants and no teams dropped out. So this was a, a pretty tame week here. Um, there were there was some movement within the poll, though, within the rankings of teams that were already there. Of course, Lebanon had a big week last week. They're 19 and four now. They moved up three spots um, from number 12 to number nine. So they're back in the top 10 like they were in our initial rankings a few weeks ago because they, they went out and beat Green Hill, Mount Juliet, and Good Pasture last week, just like Tyler was talking about. They uh, were part of that Sonic Showcase and beat Good Pasture, the, of course, last year's Division II single-A state champion. And senior forward, Yaron Alexander, had a great week. He averaged 20 points per game. Um, and this is really good news if you're a Lebanon fan because for a minute there, it was a little rough for them. They lost to Summit, Ravenwood, and Wilson Central back-to-back-to-back. And you're kind of thinking – well, there goes our great start that we had, but they've recovered. They've won, I believe, uh, four or five in a row now, and it seems like Lebanon is going to be a contender. Meanwhile, we already talked about those top teams there in the top five. Um, I've kind of landed on this, and Tyler, you feel free to agree or disagree, but it seems to me that Beach, Brentwood Academy, Cane Ridge, and Innsworth are kind of in a tier of their own. Um, they've lost a combined nine games, and all of those are – by Cane Ridge and Innsworth, obviously, because Beach and Brentwood Academy are still undefeated. But of those nine losses, eight of them were to out-of-state teams, and the ninth loss was Innsworth losing to undefeated Brentwood Academy by seven on January 14th. So they haven't lost to any of the other teams in the rankings outside of that one I just mentioned. And it just seems to me that after Innsworth, there's at least a little bit of a drop-off before you get to Columbia, East Nashville, and all these other teams that are also knocking on the door for those top spots. But what do you make of that, Tyler? I think that's accurate um, with those three teams kind of being in a group in their own. If you're just talking about kind of the class of the area, 
I think the conversation that we probably have to have is if we're really ranking who's the best is I, does Brentwood Academy deserve to be number one? Yeah. Um, and it's just because they're playing at such a high level and they're taking care of uh, teams in a really good schedule. Uh, and they just, they look really good. I'm, I'm going to go see beach tonight. So I think I'll have seen, I'll have seen both of those teams by that point. And somewhere in my brain, I'll probably make a determination which one's better. But the conversation I guess is, you know, if beach keeps winning, they're both unbeaten. Uh, does beach deserve that number one spot still? So beach has won some close games lately. So whatever, you know, that's just one of those conversations and rankings you have to have, but uh, obviously, they're all in a different, you know, kind of in a class of their own. But man, Brentwood Academy looked really good, so I'm I'm really excited to see what Beach has, um, and and kind of make my own determination there, and just in my brain, and uh, we'll kind of see how things go from there. But uh, it's always interesting to have two unbeaten teams, and you're just sort of weighing resumes at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're gonna hurt somebody's feelings if you bump somebody over another one because that's pretty subjective at that point. But uh, very subjective, especially because they play entirely different schedules with yeah, Beach being a public school and mm-hmm. Sumner County, Brentwood Academy being a private school, Williamson County. So we're very much comparing apples and oranges. But that's part of the fun of this poll. Well, and BA you know? has that. I mean, the, their their region has more opportunities for to showcase kind of and, and flex their muscles and show what they have. Uh, Definitely. Uh, that's not that's not to disrespect anybody there, but that that middle region, that that D two A double A middle region that that BA plays in is just really really stacked. Well, strength of schedule. I think that's a good point too, and that kind of leads me into my next uh, last little bit here about the boys' rankings. Clarksville at fourteen and two, Friendship Christian at sixteen and five, and Greenbrier at seventeen and one are all right there on the cusp of being in these top fifteen rankings, but. And any one of them could jump into the poll at any at any point next week or the weeks that follow if they win and you know somebody else loses. But I think in looking at and kind of analyzing um, the schedules of these three teams in a very non-scientific way, it seems like strength of schedule is kind of working against them to some degree. They haven't had as many opportunities for the big quality wins, um, and either none of them have lost many games, so they haven't really had too many bad losses. But they're kind of just in that middle ground of where. It's like, well, do they belong in the top 15? Are they on the edge? Uh, it's kind of hard to say. So I think some of that will play out over the next few weeks if you know somebody loses or whatever. But uh, strength of schedule, I just want to make that clear. That is something we're taking into account here. So if you see a, a 17-1 Greenbrier not in the rankings, it's not because we have anything against Greenbrier, but we're just looking at who they've played and who they've beaten. And maybe it's not as impressive as, say, Independence or Ravenwood right there at the, at the back end of the rankings. Right, yeah, it's too bad KenPom.com doesn't uh, cover all these games. That would make our <laughs> life a lot easier. Then we could just it would. blame him for all our decisions. But there, uh, there's a lot of good games this week. Uh, l- let's kind of shift to what we're looking at um, as far as the, the biggest games that we see out there. I'll start with the boys on Thursday. At Clarksville Academy at Good Pasture. Uh, Clarksville Academy at 12-8, and 8, Good Pasture at 16-4. and 4. Uh, it's not only a crucial district game, uh, it, it should just be pretty fun with the teams that are on the floor, both teams that have, have played pretty well. Eddie Ricks the third is averaging about 22 points a game for Clarksville Academy. Uh, Good Pasture now has four guys averaging double figures with Isaiah West out with an injury. So Cougars appear to have really pivoted since losing their star uh, and, and have figured out at least the scoring part. So uh, that, that's a really intriguing district game on Thursday. Friday, you mentioned Lebanon, uh, Wilson Central at Lebanon, you know, Wilson Central at seven and 11, 11 and at 19 and four. Those records might make you question why this is an interesting game, but uh, 
Uh, Wilson Central stole a one-point victory at, between the two teams in their last meeting in the final second. So there's a little bit of history there. And uh, obviously with what Lebanon wants to do uh, in their season, I mean, they just they want to keep their good momentum going, so they don't want that to happen again. Uh, Lipscomb Academy at Pope Prep is another one Friday. 14-5 and five, Lipscomb Academy and, and Pope is 14-6. and six. It's a region game between two teams that I was able to see over the course of the last week. They look pretty evenly matched to me. Uh, Lipscomb can just run a ton of guys at you with, with Willie Walton and Junior Sherrill, Jaden Lyles, and as well as uh, Brandon Solis. I hope I said his name right. Uh, Brandon's a six foot eight post who also plays offensive tackle for Trent Dilfer over there. And you you know when he gets into the game, he had a just a rim rattling dunk that didn't count because of a some off ball foul or something. I can't remember what happened last week when I watched Lipscomb, but I mean it was it was one of the most violent dunks I've seen this year. So they, they can run a bunch of dudes at you. And, and Pope Prep is, I think, better than their record shows. Everybody can – seems like everybody can shoot on that team. Uh, and, and they put up a lot of threes, and they, they can bury you if they're hitting them. Uh, Tristan Conger, a guard for Pope Prep's pretty good. I mean, he looked really good to me. Uh, a couple other notable ones. Friendship Christian at Davidson Academy is a big district game. You mentioned Friendship Christian kind of knocking on the door of the rankings there. Uh, Hillsborough, Hillsborough at Franklin, another big district game. That could be an interesting one. Uh, we're, let's move over to the girls. Summertown at Loretta. It's kind of a light schedule for the girls this week. Summertown at Loretto. Uh, part two of the, the rivals meeting from earlier this season. Obviously, they met for the Class A championship last year with, with Loretto winning. Uh, their first meeting this year wasn't too close, though. I mean, Loretto won by 18. It, that's that's how good I think they're playing, the, the Mustangs are. so. But it's always kind of interesting when you – when you play these games back, what happens? I mean, the the, the basketball schedules are, are just ever so fluid. I mean, the, the, when you're looking at results every week, it's, you just kind of have to scratch your head sometimes because uh, it's just uh, this is this is just just different kind of animal when you're when you're looking at a, a whole season of work between teams. Another one I think is is interesting is Hillsborough at Franklin. Kind of the rare Monday Friday district game setup. You don't see that a ton. They played Monday. Uh, Hillsboro won 33-21. So if you like defense, this is going to be a really good game for you. Um, but it's it's a big district game still. And for Franklin, definitely looking to not go, not drop a second loss uh, in a district game in a week. So uh, that's that, that's kind of the way things look this week. Pretty good. And um, Russell, I think we're just sort of – this is the time of year I get kind of impatient for the playoffs. I, I'm an impatient person by nature, so I just kind of just have to hold my horses a little bit. But – the interesting part about this this year is the positioning for those seeds uh, to make sure you're in good position once the postseason arrives. So these games are it, it's the dog days of winter, but it's certainly not that any of these games lack importance because, as you know, these are this is a really crucial stretch for groups that are not only trying to play well but trying to get uh, those good seeds for those tournaments and, and be in position to move forward. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you do a pretty good, if you are an impatient person, you're doing a pretty good job of masking that. Cause I would have never guessed that. I know you've said it a couple of times here on the show, but, uh, Hey, before we get out of here though, I do want to give a shout out to the, the Hillsborough teams, the boys and the girls team. Um, saw them beat, or I saw the boys beat Brentwood, saw the girls make an incredible second half comeback against Brentwood and fall just a little bit short. I think those teams are, you know, you've got them here in your games to watch. I think they're honestly just teams to watch down the stretch run too. The Hillsborough boys in particular have now beaten Summit, Brentwood, and Franklin, I believe, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. 
Um, and so they're going down there to Williamson County and kind of making their presence known with not a single senior on their roster, um, only a couple guys that have really even played varsity basketball. So I think the future is very bright for both the boys and girls teams at Hillsboro. Well, didn't what? So Hillsboro girls at Brentwood last week. How many points did Hillsboro end up giving up in the second half? Was it like eleven? Yeah, it was eleven. I think they scored twenty-five, something like that. So, yeah, and and Brentwood's a pretty high-scoring team. I, um, you know, Sydney Ryan averages about twenty-two a game, makes a lot of three-pointers, and they uh, kind of kept some of that in check. So, uh, yeah, a really nice. And then for them to pick up another win against Franklin here on Monday. Uh, just a really good start for, for both those teams. Yeah, you'll hear Mary talk about how important defense is, and it is to to all coaches. If you could play defense this time of year, you're gonna be you're gonna give yourself a chance. Definitely. So well we'll see how everything shakes out this week, Tyler. But uh, I think that's all we got. So thanks again for joining us for our second edition of the video show Main Street Preps this week. Be sure to check check out MainStreetPreps.com for all of our coverage throughout the week and we'll see you back here next time on Main Street Preps this week. This has been Main Street Preps this week with hosts Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier. Follow them on Twitter at Main Street Preps and online at MainStreetPreps.com.